This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. It's November 10th, 2022, and this is your DSR Daily Brief. I'm Grant Haver. And I'm Chris Cotnor. Our top stories from international outlets this morning. According to Russian military command, Russian Defense Minister Sergei Shogu approved the withdrawal of troops from Kyrgyzstan. General Sergei Saravakin, head of Russian forces in Ukraine, said on November 9th that it was a hard decision. The Kiev Independent is reporting that earlier, Kirill Strimasov, deputy head of Russia's illegal occupation government in Kherson Oblast, was killed. Strimasov, a local Ukrainian politician and blogger, welcomed the Russian occupation of Kherson and became a key pro-Russian voice in the region. Russian troops looted the city prior to their retreat. In my opinion, the importance of this retreat cannot be overstated. The tide has really turned on Russian ground control over parts of Ukraine. The conscripts that Russia gained in the last few weeks appear not to be having their desired effect. However, drones and missile strikes will keep the war going for some time. The BBC is reporting that the number of delegates with links to fossil fuels at the UN Climate Summit has jumped 25% from the last meeting, analysis shared with the BBC shows. Campaign group Global Witness found that 636 people at the talks in Egypt are linked to fossil fuels. At last year's summit in Glasgow, a similar analysis of official attendance lists found 503 delegates connected to fossil fuels. The data shows that this year, there are more fossil fuel lobbyists than total delegates from the 10 countries most impacted by climate change, including Pakistan, Bangladesh, and Mozambique. The latest round of peace talks between Ethiopia's government and representatives of the country's Tigray region have been extended as military commanders work out details on disarmament of Tigrayan forces after two years of conflict, according to the AP. The African Union-led talks follow last week's signing of a permanent secession of hostilities in the conflict that is estimated to have killed hundreds of thousands of people. The agreement calls for the disarmament of Tigrayan forces within weeks, but there is concern about when other combatants who aren't part of the deal will withdraw from Tigray. Other issues discussed at this round of talks include the restoration of basic services like internet, telecommunications, and banking to the region of more than 5 million people, as well as the resumption of deliveries of humanitarian aid. The UN on Wednesday said they and partners were still waiting on access to the region where even some basic medical supplies have run out. Elsewhere, 
Africa's The Nation says that Kenya will spend 4.45 billion shillings to keep its troops in the Democratic Republic of Congo in the next six months. The National Assembly yesterday approved the request by the executive to send the soldiers to the East African Community Regional Force Democratic Republic of Congo, even as MPs raise questions on account of economic and security challenges the country is facing. International financing may be secured for the operation, and if this materializes, the cabinet secretary will apprise the committee accordingly. The expenditures will mainly go toward equipment operations and payment of sustenance allowances. According to reporting by Deutsche Welle, EU Commission President Ursula von der Leyen today announced a new support package for Moldova as the impact of war in neighboring Ukraine has sent energy prices skyrocketing. Von der Leyen said the package would include 200 million euro for energy security, half of which would be provided in grants and the other half in loans. The package would also include 50 million euro in budgetary support. The commission chief added that the EU would mobilize more international donations via the Moldova support platform, which is due to meet in Paris on November 21st. Moldova is dependent on Russia for natural gas, but deliveries by Russian energy giant Gazprom were reduced by half in November. Three soldiers and at least four rebels have been killed in fierce clashes between the Philippine army and members of the Moro Islamic Liberation Front in the island province of Basilian. Al Jazeera reports that at least 13 soldiers and an unknown number of rebels were also wounded in the fighting, which could threaten a 2014 peace agreement that had brought a degree of calm to the rest of southern Philippines region. Brigadier General Domingo Gabwe, commander of the Philippine Army's Joint Task Force Basilian, said gun battles broke out on Tuesday, Wednesday, and again on Thursday morning. The shooting had died down on Wednesday, but re-erupted on Thursday morning when the front's fighters, the largest rebel group in the south of the largely Roman Catholic Philippines, attacked government soldiers, Gabwe said, according to the Manila Bulletin. A much-awaited report by Brazil's defense ministry has failed to indicate recent ballots were fraudulent, scuppering the far-right's hopes of delegitimizing the election of Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva. According to The Guardian, the military sent the 63-page report to Brazil's electoral authorities late on Wednesday after days of speculation that it would back claims by extremist President Jair Bolsonaro that the election was tainted. His supporters hoped the military would back up these claims, but the only note of doubt was a weak suggestion a committee be formed to ensure the source code used in the boxes cannot be tampered with. Their report said it found evidence the electoral justice system preserved evenness and security. In lighter news, Zoom meets Vroom. CNN Business is reporting Tesla owners will soon be able to take a video call directly from their vehicle's touchscreen dashboard. Zoom announced on Tuesday during its annual Zoomtopia conference, where it typically teases new features to support remote calls, 
that its software is coming to Tesla's built-in infotainment center. The company did not respond to a request for comment about whether it will prevent drivers from using it while driving, as many automotive manufacturers mandate that a car must be parked before video functions can be used by the driver. The timing of the launch is also unknown. That's all the news we have for you this week. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip, topic, or correction you'd like to flag for us, please email us at podcasts at thedsrnetwork.com. Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the DSR Daily Brief and bonus weekend briefs. Because of the long weekend, we have a special treat for you. Tomorrow in this feed, you'll get a bonus brief featuring Alex Stapleton the Senior Climate Policy Advisor at Foreign Policy for America, about COP27. On Saturday, members will get another bonus brief featuring Ginny Town from the Stimson Center about the tensions on the Korean Peninsula. If you're a member, send us an email or head to the Slack to share your questions with us. If you aren't a member, go to thedsrnetwork.com and become a member to make sure you never miss any of our analysis. If you want more in-depth discussion of these issues, be sure to follow the links in the show notes to read our sources and tune into our sister podcasts on the DSR network. Stay safe and stay tuned to the DSR Daily Brief.